What is up, everybody? Happy Resurrection Sunday. Is anybody thankful that he got up? I was just, I'm just like this morning, I was just so ecstatic because they went to the tomb because they were trying to find Jesus in the same place they last saw him. They thought that he would be in the same condition, but we serve a God where it doesn't matter the season that you walk out of, you're not going to find me in the same condition you left me. Can I get everybody all over the world who is watching on tonight live, can I get you to drop in the room a happy resurrection? Since he got up, I can get up too. Since he got up, I can get up too. I'm not going to be before you long. I feel as though I have heard from heaven and we have a word for your soul. High note on purpose on tonight. So if you would, you probably guessed it. Let's go to the gospel of Luke, the gospel of Luke um, chapter 24. We're going to read a few verses and then we're going to dive into this thing on tonight. But I have an announcement. I have an announcement. I'll begin your emails week after week your dms your letters They're like man i can't wait to i can't wait to come live i can't wait to come in the house i can't wait to be a part and you're right because there's just something about the atmosphere i miss you guys so much so guess what on june 17th 2021 will be our first in-person thursday night service now listen Listen, all of those asking like, wait, wait, I'm in Chicago. Wait, I'm in the Netherlands. We're still having online, but we are going to have a phase operational time where you can come in the house with us on June the 17th. Still got to wear your mask, though. So we still are being wise, but I would love to see you guys in the house. You're going to get screened. You're going to get checked. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that it's still safe, but we're going to have some church. Are you guys excited about that? All right, let's get to the word on tonight. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and a certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. They said to them, who do you seek? Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanne, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Please don't just breeze past the fact that the first deliverers of the gospel were women. I'm gonna touch that this summer. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. And they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying 
by themselves and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. Our clause of concern and our verses of importance on this Resurrection Sunday is verse 6 and verse 7. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. I want to get to work. I would like to speak around this thought from this subject for a few moments on this Resurrection Sunday, the God Factor. <laughs> the God Factor. Can I get somebody to put in the room the God Factor? The God Factor. This, this weekend is a weekend where we celebrate that our God is so boss. Our God is so boss where he gave darkness a curfew. <laughs> he gave darkness a curfew. He's like, listen, you got 72 hours, bruh. You got 72 hours, do what you're going to do. Y'all can lie on me. You can falsely accuse me. You can betray me. A rooster going to crow. Do what you got to do. You can kill me. You can put me in the grave, but you only have 72 hours. You only have 72 hours. I know that you thought that you buried me, but you actually planted me. God allowed his son to be buried, and he reaped a harvest of son and daughters. Y'all missed it. A lot of us are mislabeling it. You think you're buried, but you're actually planted. God allowed his son to be buried, and what grew from that was sons and daughters who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody say the God factor. The God factor. You and I are the seed of the righteous, and this is how God turns graves into gardens. This weekend, we are commemorating and celebrating that Jesus hit hell and hit the grave with the hardest line of all time, and that line is, you thought. <laughs> you thought. Oh, you thought I was staying here. You thought. Surprise, you thought it was over. Surprise, you thought I wasn't going to get up. Surprise, you thought that was going to break me. Surprise, you thought that was going to discourage me. Surprise, you thought it was over. Surprise, you thought that I would give up due to the lack of their applause and their endorsement and their affirmations. But I don't do this for them. I do this for him. Surprise. Somebody say surprise. It is the God factor. The God factor. The God factor is when God breaks the laws of natural results and replaces them with supernatural outcomes. I need to say it again. It, it, it's, it's the God factor. And the God factor is when God breaks the laws of natural results and replaces them with supernatural outcomes. Father, you're awesome. We're so thankful that you rose from the grave which is a blueprint for us that the same God the same spirit that rose you from the grave also lives on the inside of us and our life will forever say thank you and this moment God let us not get so caught up in the day that we don't live a life out of worship which expresses our worship for you for taking our place on the cross and defeating death oh death where is your sting? God, you're so awesome that even darkness has a curfew. Because God, you hit hell with a you thought. And the same way that the enemy may have counted us out, 
we will hit the enemy as well with a you thought because our God is so powerful. Well, if he could conquer the grave, we rose with him. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop a man in the room? A man. The God factor. The God factor. It's confession time. I need for everybody to put this in the room in all caps. Put this in the room in all caps. I'm not bound. All caps. I'm not bound by natural results. The God factor gives me supernatural outcomes. One more time, I'm not bound by natural results. The God factor gives me supernatural outcomes. The God factor, it is the God factor. It is the most important and the most critical and the most important headline of all time. The most important headline of all time to ever hit the press. The most important breaking news that forever changed the world, that forever changed the game as we know it. The, the breaking news that blows our mind, it is the declaration of our belief. It is the confidence of our hope. It is the banner of our faith and the monument of our confidence resides in these seven words. He is not here he has risen and the reason he got up is because he has power over the grave somebody put in the room the god factor the god factor i i, I can't speak for anybody else but as i'm learning how to do this ministry life. As I'm learning how to be a spiritual leader, I have recognized something, and I had this conversation with my barber. I said, listen, I don't want to just have sprinklers. I want rain. Because the God factor is when you don't necessarily need a sprinkler. A sprinkler is when you're trying to do it in your own effort. But the God factor, I'm raining on this. I'm raining on this ministry. I'm raining on this marriage. I'm raining on this relationship. I'm raining on this series. I don't want to just have a sprinkler. I want the rain. It is the God factor. What, what is the God factor? The God factor extends to us what I like to call the law of exception. The God factor extends to us what I like to call the law of exception. And the law of exception always declares overruled. Did y'all hear what I just said? Y'all gonna have to help me because I'm trying so hard to get through this without preaching. The, the, the law of exception constantly declares overruled i know that you saw me go in the grave you thought it was over overruled i'm gonna get up in three days with all power in my hand i i know that you thought your marriage was over but overruled i know how to transition divorce papers into vacation packages now watch this though this part we're not going to shout I, I know how to transition divorce papers into vacation packages all i need is your yes all I need is for you to allow me to crush your pride. Uh-oh. All I need for you to do is allow me to crush your ego. All I need you to do is allow me to crush your petty. All I need you to do is allow me to crush your propensity to always have the last word, to always clap back, to always have something smart to say. I feel like y'all are looking at me crazy. If you allow me to crush that, because everybody wants to be anointed, but nobody wants to be crushed. And everybody wants the joy of resurrection, but will you embrace the death 
of Good Friday. <laughs> because Good Friday never feels good while it's Friday. Put a bookmark there. We'll revisit that in a minute. <laughs> we'll revisit that in a minute. It is, it is the God factor. I know that you thought it's over. Overruled. You're not too young. You're not too old. Your past isn't too dirty. You didn't make too many mistakes for me to step in and flex my restoration power. It is the God factor. I know that they left you. They went ghost, no explanation, but I'm the one that gives you closure. Overruled, they didn't reject you. All rejection is, is redirection for the resurrection. Did y'all hear me? I'm trying to help somebody. When we have ministry that doesn't help people grow and we can't give you sound biblical doctrine, we don't need a mic anymore. I'm trying to help somebody. You're labeling it rejection. God's like, that's, that's not rejection. That's redirection for resurrection. Think about it. If they would have accepted Jesus instead of Barabbas, then we wouldn't have a chance to experience salvation. But they rejected Jesus and they accepted Barabbas. And that rejection was really direction to get Jesus on the cross so that we could all benefit from his resurrection. What are you calling Rejection that God is saying, that's redirection for resurrection. Something in you died while you were there. Something in you died while you were there. I am redirecting you to resurrect you. Something in you died while you were dating him. Something in you died while you were dating her. That's not rejection. That's redirection for resurrection. Because please hear me. Please hear me. Being able to identify that which has expired is tied to sick prevention. Listen, being able to identify that which has expired is tied to sick prevention. And we will always experience soul poisoning when we attempt to consume that which has been left out. Y'all better come get me. Did you hear what I just said? You will always experience soul poisoning whenever we attempt to consume that which God has left out. This has been divinely left out. The same way you would get sick if you try to consume some milk that has been left out for days is the same way our soul gets sick when we try to consume things that has been divinely left out. This isn't rejection. I left this out of your story because it is hazardous material for your necks. This isn't rejection. I left this out on purpose because of where I'm taking you. Your past doesn't need you anymore. Your future does. It is the God factor. And what is the God factor? The God factor is when God breaks natural results so that he could exchange it with supernatural outcomes. The God factor. And one of the things I've been trying to get us to understand is maybe you're not stuck. Maybe you're not stuck. You're committed. You're committed to a pattern that keeps you in a cycle. Maybe you're not stuck. You're just committed. You're committed to a circle that is the secondhand smoke to your evolution. Oh, you're not stuck. 
you committed. But what if we could get committed to a principle that causes for us to experience evolution? The same way we're committed to patterns that cause us to be committed to a cycle, what if you were committed to a pattern of evolution that will cause for you to experience resurrection? It is the God factor, the God factor. I know that they went ghost, but that's okay because Jesus hit the grave with the hardest curve of all time. Jesus ghost the grave. <laughs> he ghosted the grave and never came back. <laughs> Instead of worrying about who ghosted you, maybe I should change my perspective. Maybe God redirected me so that he can resurrect me because something in me died while I was there. The God factor. I know that they said that this pandemic could possibly trigger a recession. Overruled. I know how to provide brooks in the middle of a drought. I'm so much God. Well, I know how to provide manna in the middle of a desert. I'm so much God. Well, I know how to provide you trees and a blueprint so that you can build an ark. Some of y'all missed it because you thought I would say God is so God that he knows how to provide us arks. No, God is so God that he knows how to provide us trees. He knows how to provide us trees, and he knows how to provide us with principles that will be a blueprint. See, some of us don't even recognize it right now. You have been praying for God to give you an ark, and God is saying, I have given you a tree. I have given you a tree, and if you follow the principles, the blueprint of the scriptures. See, a lot of us want Bible blessings, but we don't want to follow Bible principles. We want Bible blessings, but we don't want to follow Bible principles. I'm not just going to give you an ark. I'm going to give you a tree. And if you know how to work that tree, and if you know how to work that principle, that principle can cause for you to build an ark that could give you a financial increase for your children and your children's children and their children's children. It'll pay off your debt, your family's debt, your church debt, because you maximized a principle. God doesn't just give you arks. He gives you trees. And blueprints. I'm so much God. Well, I know how to provide meat to you from the mouth of a raven. I'm so much God. Well, I know how to provide water to you from a rock. It is the God factor. The God factor. The law of exception. An exception constantly declares overruled. I know that you may be caught up with the pandemic. But here's a shocking revelation for you. Heaven is not in the pandemic. Heaven is not in the pandemic, and heaven doesn't have a shortage. I know the trauma was real, and you thought that that might be your end. Overruled, that's not a period. Look again, that is a comma. See, I'm so much God to where the very thing that hell used to try to break you, I'm going to use to make you a chain breaker. The very thing that the enemy tried to use to break you, I'm going to use it to make you a chain breaker. Your story is going to break something off your brothers. Your story is going to break something off your sisters. Your story is going to break something off your community. I have anointed you to be a chain breaker, but it's going to require for you to get crushed. And everybody wants to be anointed, but nobody wants to be crushed. Everybody wants the joy of resurrection. But will you embrace the death of Good Friday? I wonder who's watching this message on tonight that your life is at a Good Friday. I know we're shouting and we turn it up one time because Jesus got up. I know you're excited that he got up, but you, honestly, your life is at a Good Friday. You're, you're in a season in your life where the very people you thought were with you 
betrayed you. See, the Judas principle shows us this. Every kiss is not a kiss of endearment. Sometimes it's a kiss of betrayal. Yeah, he over there putting on his lip balm, and it's not because he's kissing you, because he loves you. Some kisses are not the sign of endearment. Some kisses are the sign of betrayal. This might mess you up. Somebody put in the room, who's kissing on you? <laughs> who, who is kissing on you? I wonder. Yeah, people are shouting. Yeah, people are excited. He got up on the third day. Some pastors that don't have nothing to say can get by on the day. All they got to say is, he got up, and everybody shouting. <laughs> you can cover it up on the day. But, but what about some of us who, if we be honest, our life is at a good Friday. I, I'm in a place where people have left me. They have gone ghost on me. I'm being flogged by people's comments. I'm being flogged by disloyalty. I'm being flogged by rejection, and I'm left hanging on the tree of being mishandled. See, here's the thing. You won't be able to experience the resurrection if you don't embrace the death. What is it that God is saying, I have a crown for you, but first you must wear a crown of thorns. There's something that has to die before we can rejoice about you getting up. This ego has to die. This pride has to die. This will has to die. This self-righteousness has to die. This arrogance has to die. What is it that God is saying? I know you want resurrection, but first, you have to embrace Good Friday. It is the God factor. I believe ever so often, God allows something to happen in our life where nobody else could take the credit. You, you can't give credit to your degrees. You can't give credit that somebody put you on. You can't give credit to your platform, your accolade, your followers. They're really not your followers. They're God's people. You can't give credit to anybody else. Sometimes you experience something so massive where you can't help but say, this must be God. This must be God. The only way that I'm still sane in the membrane on tonight, after what I just went through, it must be God. It must be God. The only way that I can still have joy in the middle of the pandemic. I'm not saying that things aren't bad and loss is not all around me and death is not all around me. But some way and somehow I still have peace and I still have joy in the middle of a pandemic. This must be God. The only way that I'm not still sliding down a stripper's pole. Y'all don't look at me like that. The only way I'm not sliding down a stripper pole high outside of my mind on drugs, substance abuse, turning up one time for the one time club scene after club scene playing hot potato in his bed and hot potato in her bed and I used to be wild and ratchet the only way I can get like this is this must be God some of us don't even recognize the biggest miracle you have ever seen is a changed heart some of the stuff you used to desire you don't even desire it anymore it starts to make you nauseous I can't give anybody else the credit but God this this must be God. Now, please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not against the children activities. That's cute, but that's not why we're celebrating on tonight. I'm not against the candy and, and the little surprise eggs. That's nice, but that is not why we are here celebrating. I'm not even against the chocolate and the little cute bunny rabbit. God made the bunny rabbit, but that is not why we are celebrating on tonight. The only way that you and I could spend all of eternity 
with this awesome, wonderful, magnificent, powerful God is because, yes, he went in as a sacrificial lamb, but he came out as the resurrected king. He came out as our divine substitute. Whistleblow, the substitution has been made. Let me take their imperfect record and exchange it with my perfect record. So whenever we stand before God, God doesn't see our imperfect record. He sees Jesus' perfect record because it is the greatest trait of all time. It is the God factor. And what is the God factor? It is when God breaks natural laws. He breaks natural laws and replaces them with supernatural outcomes it's it's the god factor the fact that he got out and he came out maybe that's what the world is waiting for maybe that's what your campus is waiting for maybe that's what the earth is waiting for maybe that's what the communities are waiting for it's waiting for the sons and daughters of god to arise to have such a word in their belly to have such an anointing on their life to have such a peace that they have never seen before to have such a freedom where people can't help but say this must be God. And I don't know who I'm preaching to on tonight, but is there anybody that'll say you talking to me? Because the fact that I'm still here is a miracle. The fact that I still want to do right is a miracle. The fact that that STD didn't take me out is a miracle. The fact that that bullet didn't hit me is a miracle. Can we pause for the cause and give God a virtual praise? Running man emoji, hand raise emoji, fire emoji. It must be God. Nobody else can get the credit. Y'all just have to excuse me. I just believe we need to be believers who can get our backbone back, who have our spiritual swagger back. Where we're like, you know what? Your lines then don't scare me. Your, your fiery furnace don't scare me. Your trials don't scare me. If you only knew what the trial would make me become, you wouldn't have tried to test me in the first place. Because there's a certain power you get from trials. There's a certain worship you get from trials. There's a certain confidence you get from trials. You sent it to derail me, but it's just going to propel me. God is extending to us the example of the God factor. The God factor. You thought it was over, but God is not through with me yet. See, this, this is why we have to stop cutting people off so fast. Don't cut off the gossiper. They're going to be instrumental in taking back the report that you won. Yes, they talking, but tell them, keep on watching. This is why you can't judge by what chapter you walk in on. Yeah, right now I might be going through. You may have walked in on Friday, but just wait until resurrection day. All right, let, let, let me get back to my notes. <laughs> the God factor. Church, as I'm growing and walking with the Lord, I, I'm starting to learn some of his makeup and his nature with some things. I'm not saying that I totally understand God because it's impossible. His, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But, but there are some patterns there are some things that I'm starting to notice about God's nature and his makeup. And that is, it, it almost seems like God likes to put us in situations, scenarios, and predicaments where we feel helpless and hopeless. I'm not suggesting that he's trying to punish us, but it just seems like God keeps on putting us in situations where we don't know what to do. Give you Bible all day. 
Pharaoh army behind me, Red Sea before me, walking towards the promised land, giants in the promised land, big wall of Jericho. How are we going to defeat Jericho? Goliath, nine foot giant in the middle of the battlefield. It's almost as if God has a method of putting us in situations and predicaments where we don't know what to do. We don't know who to call. I don't know how I'm going to afford this. I don't know how I can get over that. I don't know how we're going to recover. I don't know what we're going to do for this. It's almost as if God puts you in a situation to where you begin to say stuff like this. If God don't move. I didn't say doesn't. (laughs) You know it's real when people say don't. Don't move. (laughs) If God don't move. I don't know how we're going to get over this. I'm talking about if you didn't have a prayer life. If you didn't have a prayer life due to this situation and this predicament, you're going to turn into an intercessor. God has a way of allowing situations and circumstances to unfold to such a degree that we don't know what to do. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how we're going to get over this. I don't know how, I don't know how we're going to afford this. I don't know how we're going to pay this off. I, I don't know how we're going to get and reach this goal. It's like, it's this, thing that, it's this thing that I heard growing up in vacation Bible school and children's church. The church mothers and the church elders used to say this statement all the time. If you have any churchy juice on you, you're going to already be able to finish this sentence. They will, they will always say this, baby, he may not come when you want him. Y'all finish it. Y'all finish it. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. It's like God always has a habit (laughs) of walking in at 1159 and 59 seconds. It's just this, 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 this scenario. It's like life has a way of hitting you so hard where it will make even the strongest man fall to his knees. Sidebar, a man is always strongest when he gets on his knees. And I believe it's ever so often the reason it happens is so that God can step in and flex his Godship and show you that I'm God and that I'm God all by myself. Do you have Bible to corroborate your claim, preacher? Yes, I do. Do you remember when God told Moses, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go, watch this, and I will harden his heart. So many people breeze over that. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go, and I will harden his heart. I will display my wonders. It's just God saying, I'm going to step in, and I'm going to flex my Godship, and I'm going to show that I'm God, and that I'm God all by myself. Why are you here? Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He has risen just like he said. Why would Jesus get to the grave and then get up? Sometimes God just creates scenarios where he can step in and flex that I'm God, and that I'm God all by myself when he interferes with anatomy interferes with anatomy you're going to the doctor's office they're prepared to give you chemo but as they're doing the exam they can't find the lump in your breast that they saw the last time that you were here it is just God stepping in to flex and show that I'm God and that I'm God all by myself it is just you experiencing the God factor you're about to get surgery 
They have prescribed for you medication because of the cyst on your ovary. But as they do the ultrasound, they can't locate the cyst anymore. I believe it's just God stepping in and flexing and showing off his Godship and showing you that I'm God and that I'm God all by myself. It's called the God factor. When EMT is confused, the chief of police are confused. The chief of fire department are confused. They don't know how. They had to use the jaws of life. Preach Holy Spirit. I'm fired up. They had to use the jaws of life to get you out of that total car, but you don't have a broken bone. You don't have a concussion. You don't have a scratch. You don't have an abrasion. How did this happen? It is just God stepping in and flexing and showing that he's God and that he's God all by himself. It is called the God factor. When you apply for the job and they apply for the job and they have more qualifications than you, but you have more God. It is just God stepping in and showing that I'm God and that I'm God all by myself. It is the God factor. And if we run from hardships, if we run from difficult moments, if we run when it's uncomfortable, if we run when we're tested, if we run when it's hard, listen, y'all, ease was not the promise. Victory was. And if we always run every time it gets a little uncomfortable, every time the boat starts to rock a little bit, every time the road gets a little shaky, you'll never experience the God factor. You'll never experience the God factor. Now I get it. He allows these situations as scenarios to unfold where it seems helpless and it seems hopeless so that when he steps in and flexes his Godship, you can't help but live a life of worship. God has been too good for some of us to not have a prayer life. The times when you thought that you weren't going to make it, the time that you didn't know how you were going to survive and God stepped in. See, listen, listen. I've tried so many times to articulate this, but I want you to get it. You will never know him as Elohim if he does not allow you to be placed in a situation where there's chaos, but somewhere and somehow you still have peace. You, you'll never know him as Jehovah Jireh, your provider, if he does not allow you to face a situation when you cannot provide for yourself, but God comes through clutch. You will never know him as a way maker, if he doesn't allow you to face a situation where it seems that a Red Sea is before you and Pharaoh is behind you and critics on the side of you and you don't know what to do, you'll never know him as the God who can make a way out of no way if he doesn't allow you to experience a dead end. You'll never know him as the God who will never leave you nor forsake you if he doesn't allow you to be placed in a fiery furnace and you discover that he's the fourth man in the fire with you. You will never know him as a God who can shut the mouth of the lion if he doesn't allow you to spend the night with beast. It is the experiences with God. It is the times with God. It is the not knowing when God steps in and reminds you the how belongs to me. You hand me the how, I'll hand you the wow. <laughs> you hand me the how. Don't, don't worry about how it's going to happen and how we're going to do this and how we're going to afford this. and how we, You hand me the how and watch me hand you the wow. It's the God factor. The God factor is when God breaks the laws of natural results and exchanges them for supernatural outcomes. The disciples have been walking with Jesus, spending time with Jesus. They had lunch with Jesus. 
They've been fishing with Jesus. They've been on tour with Jesus. They've cast out devils with Jesus. They've experienced the miraculous with Jesus. They've had time with Jesus. Jesus is the most popular man on the earth, the hottest rabbi of the day. Then all of a sudden, Jesus gets arrested. He gets arrested, and he has an unjust trial. And, and then there was a glimmer of hope because they said, okay, we're going to have Barabbas, and we're going to have Jesus. And, and whoever the people choose is who's going to get released. And so the disciples probably felt, okay, cool, Barabbas is a murderer. Barabbas is a liar. Barabbas is a thief. Barabbas is a con artist. Barabbas leads rebellions. Barabbas lives a life of rebellion. Surely they're going to choose Jesus. If you look at the text a little deeper, if you study it a little deeper, you'll see that Barabbas is you and Barabbas is me. I thought that Jesus was going to set us free from Rome. That's what they thought the Messiah was going to do. I thought the Messiah was going to set us free from Rome, not recognizing that the Messiah came to set us free from sin. <laughs> What do you do when the Messiah doesn't free you from what you thought that you need freedom from? You thought I would free you from Rome, but I came to free you from the bondage of sin. They chose Barabbas. Jesus is sentenced to die. Jesus is on the cross. He says, it is finished. He dies. Jesus then is placed a borrowed tomb. They didn't even recognize. And this moment, they just walked into their this is why moment. I'm trying to help somebody. See, this is confirmation for somebody. Whenever God gives us a word and gives us sermons, this is why I'm so big on saying every time you get a message, take notes. Because God has a way of giving us words out of seasons that won't make sense until another season. They didn't, even, they didn't even recognize. They just walked into their this is why moment. See, listen, this is why worry is so dangerous because worry bankrupts teachable moments. Worry bankrupts teachable moments. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. God is trying to teach you something, bro. God is trying to teach you something, sis. You're, you're asking God to get you out of this because you're so worried that you won't be able to survive and you're worried about people, what people will think. But you have to understand worry bankrupts today. Worry causes for us to catch amnesia over words that were spoken to us out of season. I'm, I'm going to give you Bible. I'm going to give you Bible. Look at this. Look at this. Luke chapter 24, our foundational text, verse 6. The angels are like, listen, um, remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again? Let's show you where it said this. Luke chapter 9, verse 21, is Jesus speaking, and he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Somebody put in the room, first out of word confirmation. First out of season confirmation. All right, Luke chapter 9, verse 43. It says, 
and they were all amazed at the majesty of God. But while everyone marveled at these things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, let these words sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was hidden from them. So they did not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. Second, out of season, confirmation. Luke chapter 18, verse 31, then he took the 12 aside and said to them, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man will be accomplished for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and he will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. Look at this. Look at this. But they understood None of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. It's possible for God to give you a word that doesn't make sense in 2020. Oh, but it'll make sense in 2023. It's possible for you to hear a sermon you may not even think is for you in April of 2021 oh but that sermon on overthinking oh it hits home in august of 2021 you may think that's too churchy they're talking too much when you hear a sermon on the sex trap in january of 2021 oh but it makes sense when you meet this guy or you meet this woman and your flesh is on fire in september of 2021 sometimes god gives you a word that won't make sense until later so i understand this about god Whenever I speak, trust me. When I say move, trust me. Are you noticing in the text, Jesus says this three times. And Peter denies Jesus three times. And Jesus is on Calvary's hill with three criminals. And Jesus hung on the cross for three hours. And Jesus is in the grave for three days. All these threes. And then when he rises from the dead, he asks Peter, do you love me? Simon, do you, do you, do you love me? Do you, do you really love me? Three times, these three. Sometimes God has to give you triple confirmation. <laughs> triple confirmation to confirm a word to you. It is the God factor. Now I want to end with these four points. And we're done. And I want you to enjoy your resurrection evening. Number one, you have an exception. The law of exception is it may happen to them and it may happen to everybody else except me. The, the law of exception is when they may, they may not be as hungry for the word of God except me. The law of exception. Number two, anything can be overruled anything can be overruled one of the things I'm learning about God is God does not use elevators he uses stairs I remember when I was on this cruise before COVID uh, with my family we we're on a Disney cruise and we all finished watching this 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 Disney play it was amazing they had frozen they had snow in the crowd it was amazing and everybody's waiting to catch this elevator now we're on the second floor but our room is up on the 10th floor 
and I'm seeing all these lines and everybody's rushing to get to the elevator. And the thing about a cruise is if everybody piles in on level two, it's just going to go up to level three and everybody's going to pile in. And it's just going up to level four and nobody else can fit. And then it's going to go up to level five and nobody. What if you actually haven't recognized that what appears to be the shortcut is actually the longer route? <laughs> You think that God is going to move faster with this. And he's like, listen, I like to take the scenic route. But if you let me build in you character, if you let me build in you integrity, if you let me build in you discipline, because discipline is the diet of the next level, you can actually expedite the process if you trust the stairs. This is why I allow you to be placed in certain seasons that may seem difficult because I want you to be conditioned to climb. I want you to be conditioned for the stairs. While everybody else wants the easy elevator, I want you to have some spiritual endurance where you could take the stairs. God is a God where anything can be overruled. It doesn't matter. I've seen too many stories where they say we're not hiring and they created a job for you. One of, one of my precious sisters here right now, that was like, listen, you have to take this test. You can't get this position. God overruled that. Well, she got the position here in Houston, Texas. Anything can be overruled. It is the God factor. Number three, we won't like. Trust crosses and graves. Trust crosses and graves. The purpose of Judas is to get Jesus on the cross. The purpose of Judas in our life is something in us must die. Whatever God buries, trust it. Whatever God needs us to crucify, trust it. I know that your flesh might be on fire right now in college, but God is saying, let me crucify your flesh because if I could kill that, if I can kill that flesh and I can get you to have self-mastery, I have something better for you in the future. Trust crosses and graves. And last point, God turns graves into gardens. All of us right now are benefactors because Jesus was buried, but then he reaped sons and daughters of the kingdom. And do you trust God enough to whatever he says has to die on Friday? And if I couldn't imagine losing this, then I won't be able to imagine what God is going to give to me later. I trust God. Whatever he buries is for my good. Whatever needs to be redirected is for my good. And whatever crucifixion, whatever loss that I have to give up, I count it as gain. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I wanted to encourage everybody under the sound of my voice that you have the God factor. So God, in this moment, would you help us be people who recognize you're running this. You're so boss to where you gave death and you gave darkness a curfew. Help us to understand the times in our life when it may be difficult, where it may be stressful, where it may be hard. Maybe you're creating an atmosphere and you're creating a stage where you can step in and flex and show off your Godship and that you're God and that you're God all by yourself. We love you so much. Thank you for getting up. And thank you since you got up, we can get up too. In Jesus' name, amen.